The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Work it, make it, do it, makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. Not, not, not that they don't kill me, can only make me stronger. I need you to hurry up now, cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now, cause I can't get much stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night now, that's how long I've been on ya. Hey, you know, if you hear that music, you know it's only one show, and that is Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix and living like it matters, and I'm happy to be here. As always, it's a great day in the Valley, and it is a great day for the National Football League. Are you ready for some football? I certainly am, and I think the world is, but it's not football that we're talking about. We're talking about everything <laughs> except football, uh, but I'm glad to be here and having a chance to uh, talk to you, I'm going to have a couple special guys join me in a few minutes. But, you know, I don't know if it's a uh, PR nightmare for the National Football League or if it's the best thing that could ever happen to you. Certainly, uh, everybody out there who knows anything about football knows the three things of which uh, are on everybody's uh, you know, lips in terms of a conversation. Of course, Michael Vick. Uh, of course, uh, we also got Brett Favre, and you know we got the coaches. The co- coaches are fighting, <laughs> and, and 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 just with that, you know I, I'm I'm going to bring on with me now uh, uh, a young man who was a, a a great wide receiver for the Detroit Lions for many years, and uh, I'm sure he has an opinion about that. And you know, all pro wide receiver. You know, Detroit has, uh, you know, been a team that has been in the headlines because of, you know, the fact that uh, uh, they had an opportunity to, to take whoever they wanted. And when they had a chance to take who they wanted back in his day, they took Herman Moore. Herman, how you doing, man? I'm good, Ray. It's a pleasure to be on the show with you. Well, man, it is my pleasure uh, to have you on the show uh, with me. And I, I wanted to start the show off, uh, you know, kind of lightly, so I you know, touch bases on a few things of which uh, people are talking about today. But but let, let's talk about what they're talking about there in Detroit, and they're talking about your quarterback, man. What did you think? How did you think he did in his, uh, in his debut? You know, for those who follow Matthew Stafford, uh, know that he's a talented young quarterback, and we felt that in, in his first debut he did well. I, he didn't seem rattled that you would see and expect with younger quarterbacks. He, he made some mistakes, but... He had thrown an interception and then bounced right back um, with a touchdown drive. So he, he showed that he could shake off the negative plays, which sometimes will linger and be prolonged with uh, young players, in particular the quarterback position being you know how uh, that position really makes the offense go. But uh, did a great job. Uh, there's a lot of things he's got to work on. Um, he, he does a great job with his touch passes, uh, just connecting. He didn't have his receivers that he needed. Uh, to showcase really what his talent level is or is going to be. But um, nonetheless, I thought he went out and he was impressive in his first start. Well, you know, I, I agree with you, Herman. I, I thought he did a good job. And, and I, for one, I was I was happy because I think for him it's going to be different than another quarterback we're going to talk about a little bit, and that being Michael Vick. I think it was it was probably best for him that he made a mistake, that he threw an interception, and that that happened to him in preseason so that he could, you know, kind of get those jitters out of, you know, oh, man, I don't want to make a mistake, but to make a mistake and, and see what happens and understand the fact that, okay, it's just like in college ball, you're going to make some mistakes, you're going to throw some interceptions, you're playing with the greatest football players that you will ever play against. These are much better than those who you've been playing against in the past, but it's okay, it's it's expected. So what do you think? Do you think you – in your opinion, do you think it was it was good for him to have that happen to him in his first preseason game? Oh, that's where that's where it should happen. Uh, he's not going to be perfect. I'd be uh, very surprised if he had, uh, in the his debut came out and played a flawless football game. That's just not something that you expect. You want your young players to go out, take some chances, 
go out and play their type of game. And then you do what you know we all see. You correct the mistakes, which I'm sure the Lions organization and the coaching staff is doing at this point. And they are going to you know continue to walk with him down this path. But you know what? He has Dante Culpepper there. He has another veteran guy that he can lean on that's also going to point out things to him that are going to give him even a better perspective on the mistakes that he made uh, than even sometimes the coaches will be able to give because Dante's been in the game. He's played the game. He's been around for a while. And Matthew and the, uh, uh, he and Dante have got along very well, and he's somewhat, you know, uh, Dante's mentored him uh, through this whole this whole process of being a, a, a prolific uh, guy. He's a you know high draft pick. He's a guy that everyone's looking at right now, coming off a of 0 16 season with the Lions, and you know he's gonna he's gonna have his hands full. But I think the staff's doing the right thing um, um, as far as uh, bringing him along and not just kind of throwing him in there and just say. You know, just go and whatever happens, happens. But they're coaching them along the way. And when he made the mistakes, you see people in his ear just kind of let them know what happened. And it's lighthearted. That's the beautiful thing about preseason. It allows young players and it allows even veteran players to go out, uh, make mistakes because some are coming back from injuries or whatever the case may be. Um, in like Dante's case, you know, he's the guy who's trying to kickstart his career again. So uh, preseason is a good time to make mistakes. Well, I don't know about you, Herman, but I, I, and I'm going to assume you're probably the same way. But I'm one of those guys that whenever if we're playing a game and they're keeping score, I, I want to win. And and I want you to know I, I was here in, in Phoenix, Arizona. And, in fact, I was texting one of my good friends out there. Shout out to Sam Washington. And I was actually – I found myself rooting and cheering for Detroit because, I, you know, I know that, as I said, regardless of what it is, if they're keeping score, I want to win. And I thought that it was also good that in his in his first game that he played in – that Detroit won because I, I know there were some people in the media that would have added that on. You can call it preseason or whatever. It was that this team still has the taste of losing in their mouth. So it, it, it was kind of refreshing to see the team win the game in, in the fashion that it did. I mean, do you think that was important to those guys to at least feel as if, wow, okay, we got a month. We, we know what it's like to win a game. I mean, it's been, you got to go back to probably preseason of last year. And certainly if they did win one last year for them to you know, see what that felt like. So do you think it was important for those guys to win this game as well? I, I think it was good for them. I'm sure Coach Schwartz uh, was happy to get the victory. Last year they went 4-0 in the preseason and unfortunately went 0-16 during the regular season. So from a fan's perspective, I don't think they're, they're putting a lot into it. I don't think they care a lot whether or not the Lions won or lost. They're, gonna, they're looking forward to the regular season. But from the player's standpoint, you do, you know, that that is, I think, as a mental piece for a team that is coming off of 0-16 to go out and win that first season preseason, that first uh, preseason game. Uh, Atlanta, I know, would have enjoyed having a victory, but they played well. I think their starters did what uh, Coach expected them to do in the first half. But for Coach Schwartz and the Lions, this was definitely something that they needed, I think, from a morale standpoint. And uh, when you have a, a young rookie quarterback, it's a great thing um, for him to go out and get his first victory. And then also to come back. I mean, they were down uh, by, I think, 10 and came back and ultimately ended up winning the game with less than two minutes left to go. So uh, that showed also that they were they were in it and they were they were trying to win that, that football game, even though it's a preseason game and there's nothing that they, they technically won. Now, you, you guys do have... You know, an issue there in, in Detroit, you got two quarterbacks. You, you got, I mean, two quarterbacks who are very high-profile quarterbacks, both first-round draft picks, one who is trying to, you know, hold on to his career, and, and another one who is obviously the heir apparent. Uh, going in, I mean, Dante, is, he, he's a competitor. He, he wants to resurrect his career. I'm sure he wants to start. Is there any real, true controversy there, or is you think Dante will accept the fact, not wanting to, I know he wants to be a starter, but has he publicly admitted to the fact that he knows that this person is the heir apparent and he's there to kind of mentor him and but understands that he at some sometime this season will have to step aside? You know, it's a tough situation. I look at it, I'm going to give you my perspective on it. And for those who haven't followed the Lions or know what the situation was, you had John Ketna and Dan Olosky, um, Olosky that was here last year. Both are gone, and... When you bring in 
a guy, Dante, who was, you know, came in. He was the guy that was going to take it over. Uh, hey, Herman, like, Herman, I'm so, Herman, I'm so sorry. I should have told you this. When we, we have music, we're going to have to take a break. I'm going to ask if you stay with me and you continue your comments on the other side of the break. You're listening to Rail the Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. We'll be right back after this break. to the pros we, we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's playing to win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on playing to win at youbet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Rail the Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, as I said uh, earlier, uh, I was going to have some special guests on with me, and I am uh, pleased and happy to have with me Herman Moore, uh, outstanding wide receiver uh, with the Detroit Lions, who made uh, several all-pro teams and and also got to take a few trips over to Hawaii. Herman, you were starting to tell me a little bit about the quarterback situation and, and how Dante is going to either hand to it or certainly make adjustments to the situation. You want to finish on that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, going back, Ray, to what we were, we were touching on, you know, Dante is a guy that you, you root for because he, he went through a few things. He did a great job when he was in Minnesota, um, had some flashes of, uh, of himself down in Miami, and ultimately left the game for just a short you know, period of time, but came back. And last year, I don't think he was the Dante that he wanted to be. And now he's in shape. He's gotten his weight down. He looks great. I was out at a couple of camps watching him. And uh, I'm telling you, he looks he looks really sharp. And the, the Lions are in a, a great position to have him there. However, in picking Matthew Stafford, they have now really solidified that, that position. So there's no, from a team standpoint, they're in a great position. It's a win-win situation. However, when you look at a guy like Dante who's trying to get his career back on track to take a back seat, even though it's, you know, to the number one draft pick uh, for the Lions, it, it doesn't allow him to be marketable other than with the Lions as a solid 
a veteran backup quarterback. So, you know, I'm sure he'll do whatever is required of him to participate and be a team player. But in the back of his mind, I would imagine that he's sitting there saying, you know, to get going and to be in a position where he's trying to go, um, being a backup is not something I think he's going he's gonna to just want to sit there and do. But he will be supportive. And Matthew Stafford, I don't think the Lions can go wrong either if he sets early in the season and then it gradually gets that position, especially if it's earned and deserved more so than just giving it to him because he's a, um, a high draft pick or the number one draft pick. I think you got to be smart in how you bring him about and how you bring him and place him into the game. You don't, you don't want to just throw him in there just to throw him in or if Dante's having a bad game. It's got to be a justifiable situation. Therefore, when you know Dante is, uh, if he's not the starter, he can accept the fact that he lost his position because he got outplayed. Yeah, you know, there's a situation, and I will not say that it's, it's a mirrored situation because I, I do not think, in my mind and heart, do not think that uh, Dante is the same quarterback that Kurt Warner is. Kurt Warner's been, I think, uh, league MVP at least once or twice and, you know, and been to the Super Bowl a couple times. Uh, but there's a situation similar to that here in Arizona, and, and that is that, that Matt Liner, you know, was uh, the heir apparent, and he was supposed to be mentored and at some point in time take over, and they actually handed the reins over to him. But he was ill-prepared for it. I have won, you know, although, I, you know, there's something different about Michael Vick. I do not like left-handed quarterbacks. I'd be interested <laughs> to hear something about a receiver uh, who, who, who has, uh, you know, of course, caught many balls from some from very good quarterbacks. But it's something about, I guess it's that left-handed pass is almost like that left-handed punt, you know, left-footed punt. <laughs> you know, the ball turns the, the wrong way. But, uh, but you know, the situation here, Kurt Warner, when I came here, and I've only been here three years now, Herman, but when I came, from my professional perspective, Kurt Warner was the better quarterback. And, and I don't care if how high of a draft choice Matt Liner was. I felt that the coaches, uh, at least this new staff that's in here now, uh, Wisenhunt, you know, coming over from uh, from the Steelers, he felt as if, hey, I inherited that. Uh, that's not my choice. And I'm going to let these guys compete, and I'm going to pick the best quarterback. And that best quarterback has turned out to be, of course, we all know, Kurt Warner. Now, in that particular case up there in where you're at, you know, I've, I've looked at Stafford, and the young man looks very good. And, and, and Dante looks very good, too. But but I, I think that perhaps maybe they may end up going with – give Dante a game or two to start, maybe – but but I'm looking I'm looking at the schedule and uh, you know it it probably Cleveland's not a bad I, I might even start uh, Stafford against the Browns I mean that's not a bad you know Indianapolis is a more established team they're going to be getting ready for the regular season you know and and then also I don't think you guys want to wait and and throw him in there you know against Buffalo because again that's the game before the first game but I'm not so sure in your as I look at your preseason schedule that maybe you guys let him start against the Browns. What do you think? Is that is that a possibility? Well, I'm going to go back. Okay, I'm, I'm with you, and I understand where you're going with it. And and although I do agree that ultimately Matt Stafford's going to be the starter, I, I'm going to go back for those, again, who may have followed the Lions over the years. You had a guy by Joey Harrington mm-hmm. who came in, and he was a high pick. He was the guy that was going to come in. They, they loaded him up with talent around him with some receivers and all these other things, and it didn't quite work. They had no one really to go back to the tank to when he didn't perform. So with this, the unique situation you have is you don't have to be in a hurry. And because of that, I think they're going to be very careful in how they put him in. I don't think they're going to – they're not under any pressure right now to, to, to put him in as a starter. They're not in, the Lions aren't under any pressure to necessarily start him by any particular game. I think Matthew's going to be the one who's in control of his own destiny in terms of when he starts and when he's ready. And, and and short of him probably going out and saying, hey, coach, you know what, I'm ready, I really don't see him getting in. Well, you know, as a rookie and all the pressure that he's going to be under, I'm sure he's going to say he's ready from day one. Hey, and Herman, you, Herman, you, Herman. you and I both know this, Ray, is that the game from preseason to regular season changes. you got 16 games, every game counts. Players play totally different in the preseason than they do in the regular season. And, and I, when you're talking I, about veteran, proven players, your, your, your defensive ends who are all pro, who are really sniffing blood and going <laughs> after the quarterback. So it's a, it's a different ball game. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I, I see him maybe somewhere uh, short of Dante getting injured or something like that or having a really bad performance. 
I really see that maybe being made after you know four or five games into the season, uh, unless something dramatically takes place in the in the next three preseason games. But Herman, let me ask you something. Does the franchise really have the luxury of waiting that long? I mean, it, it did go, and, and you know, that's, that's, that has nothing to do with you you guys. I mean, when you guys play, I mean, you guys perform very well. But the franchise has gone down, way downhill. You think they have a luxury of waiting four or five games? I mean, if you guys start off, if they start off 0-2, 0-3, oh, man, I, I don't think they could afford that. No, they don't have the luxury. So, you know, saying it that way, no, they don't have the luxury of doing that. The fans will definitely not play, pay the uh, ticket price. They have him sitting on the sideline. But the only thing I, I throw caution at is if he goes in and he doesn't perform, the, the Lions fans can be very brutal. They're the most supportive fan base that you're going to find in the NFL, and I, I mean this, and I've been to a lot of places. Mm-hmm. But with, with them, they, they will give you that, that chance or two. And if he doesn't perform, we have too much history with quarterbacks not panning out when they come in as high-profile players, whether it's free agency or whether it's a draft pick, and just not panning out. You know, former Heisman Trophy candidates. You got uh, high-priced free agents. You have uh, high, you know, draft picks in the top five picks. If it doesn't work, then I think you do him more of a disservice, and you you make it a tougher situation than just making sure it is, it is at least right. I mean, this is a rookie quarterback right out of college. And that's a big thing to feel. You know, you got some others, you know, Flacco, you got, uh, you know, some other players who, who just really come out of the gates and they just stay perform. And we're hoping that Matthew Stafford works out and that he is the next guy that's going to make that difference. But there are no guarantees, as you know, in the NFL. So, I, you know, the Lions can't afford to either to be picking number one or number two again. <laughs> uh, with the way the salary cap has been, you know, played out either. So no, you 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 are exactly right about that, and 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 I would say that you know because of that, I think some decisions need to be made, and I think they need to be made early, you know, because I just don't think that the franchise has the luxury. Uh, I mean, they 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 went all out, you know, they went all out to. to to, to pick this young man, they obviously think that he is going to be uh, the the heir apparent, and I I just think that it would just be devastating for for that franchise. And and let's face it, I think that just in sports as a, in general, you know, uh, it was it was very good to see the NC two A's there sold out. You know, everybody. I mean, you uh, the sports fans of that area just did a tremendous job in supporting college sports. And and now you know to have the number one draft pick to come in. And uh, sports is such an emotional, uh, you know, it just does something to to the the human nature. It just makes you feel good. And people turn to sports, you know, as the antidote for all their problems. And for you guys to start off, wow, not going in the right direction, that that's a lot of pressure on him, and I'm sure he's aware of that. But but there's also a, a you know a big fella out there, wide out. You know, you think there's a lot of pressure on, on the big fella Johnson to catch a lot of balls out there. Yeah, well, Calvin's going to do well. Calvin is a, a tremendous talent. He's a tremendous player at 6'5", 230 pounds. He's running four threes, and, and and he is a true player. I think people who haven't heard, who have not heard of Calvin Johnson out of Georgia Tech, now playing with the Lions, they will hear of him this year. Uh, he stretches the field. If they can find and develop a, uh, a complimentary receiver to the other side, I think that's what's going to definitely help this team go. They just picked up a great tight end in the draft. So the Lions have the pieces in place. Uh, they have all the elements, especially when you start talking on the young side, to, to come out and be a, tr- a very good football team in the future. So it's going to start now. Uh, we look forward to good things, not just good, but great things to happen. may not be this year, but in the, ne- in the very near future, the Lions are looking to definitely build a, a solid program with, uh, uh, under the reins of uh, Tom Lawan and uh, Martin Mayhew. So, Herman, let's say you're the coach. You're the coach of the Detroit Lions. We just came off a 0 and 16 season. Um, how do you take your team into this season? What's what's your expectations for your team this year? You take them in right one game at a time. You you can't look beyond that. You have to say, you know what? Let's go get this first victory because until that happens, that's going to be something that's going to be talked about and talked about and talked about, uh, especially week one. So you go in, you you have to get them prepared to say, let's win this first game. And then from then on, you just take it one game at a time. You, you play with the players that are showing determination to play. You don't spend a lot of time with those who aren't giving the effort. Um, and, and right now there is no mayhem going on in the locker room. It's a lot of camaraderie. 
Uh, Coach Schwartz has done a tremendous job coming in and motivating his players. And I think talking to him, he's brought he's kept a good staff uh, from um, uh, the previous one, but he also has a new mixture of, of people that he's brought in, I think, that are going to be coaches to help this football program. So uh, the Lions are off on the right track for those who are looking at an 0-16 team. I think so far they've done the right things. Now it's time to, to take that onto the field. Well, Herman, let me ask you something. And we're going to have to go to break here, so I'm going to have to ask you that last and final question on the other side of break. But I want to ask you, do your players play out of fear after an 0-16 season? Are they worried about their jobs? Is the coach instilled fear in them, or is it just going to be motivating? We're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Got my man Herman Moore with me. Man, it's a great day here in the Valley. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. Of course, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I got to say goodbye to my good friend, Herman Moore. But before you go, Herman, one, one last question I want to ask as we talk about the Detroit Lions and bringing their program back to respectability. I remember in my rookie year uh, when I was playing with the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, Carl Peterson was our general manager there. And Carl, shout out to Carl Peterson, who uh, just, of course, uh, made the uh, uh, presentation uh, induction speech for uh, Derek Thomas at the uh, Hall of Fame Festival in Canton, Ohio. But Carl, I'll never forget, I, he just gave me my little pennies for my signing bonus and congratulating me for, being, uh, for making the team. But he said to me in the same sentence, but I want you to know that we have been known to let players go throughout the season, during the season. 
Now here I am. I'm, I'm a wide-eyed rookie. I'm I'm the twelfth pick of the draft, the next to the last pick of the entire draft. The Eagles had just lost the Super Bowl to the Raiders, so I'm happy to be on a team that that's winning. Uh, my childhood dreams have come alive, and this man says to me, "Well, you know, there's a chance that we might fire you." So is that going to happen? Are the guys in Detroit, do you think fear is motivation for the guys in Detroit that, listen, this coach is not, Coach Schwartz is not going to stand for a losing team and a lack of effort that he may be, you know, each week the Turk may come into the locker room. Is that those kind of things possibly happening in Detroit this year? No, right now it's not. Right, Coach Schwartz right now is empowering his team to take over the leadership role. He's not sitting there threatening them with, a job in jeopardy, or the fact that they may not be around for long if they're not performing. Uh, what he's looking for, who's going to step forward and really lead this football team, uh, whether it be an individual or whether it be the entire team taking responsibility for themselves. Uh, the players themselves are not going to play out of fear. They're going to play out of the fact that it's pride. It's pride, and it's the fact that they are all wanting to be winners. You know, When you get to this level, you are already a winner. It's now winning at this level. So that's what they're competing for. They're competing uh, for the for the victories. They're competing for the championships, and not necessarily worrying about whether or not they're going to have a space or a spot uh, on this football team. And that's not the atmosphere that has been uh, promoted here with the Lions through through Coach Schwartz's uh, coaching staff. Well, Herman, I can tell you what, man. They certainly uh, got a class act with you as being uh, an alumni of that team. And uh, if Kelvin uh, Calvin becomes anything like the wide receiver that you were for the Detroit Lions, uh, man, he's going to have an outstanding career. I, I want to thank you for joining me today. Listen, as a matter of fact, you guys will be able to catch my man Herman Moore here on Voice America Sports as uh, we are finalizing uh, what it's going to take to bring him on board with us. But Herman will be bringing us uh, some sports from up there in Detroit. So, hey, Herman, thanks for joining us, man. I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it, Ray, and uh, take care. All right. Okay. Hey, well, it's, it's time to talk a little Michael Vick. And uh, if I'm going to talk a little Michael Vick, I'm going to bring a, uh, an industry expert to the table. I'm going to bring you but in for a second. Say that again? Can I butt in for a second <laughs> on what you were just talking with Herman Moore about, your contract? Oh, uh, go, go right ahead, man. Harry, that's you, this, this is you. You are that industry, industry expert that I'm talking about bringing to the network. Of course, that's Henry Clay, who's been covering sports. I know when I was there in Philadelphia, and my, when I came in there, Henry, my rookie year was 1981. So <laughs> you, you indeed... Are, are are one of those who deserves the the proper introduction, and Thank and you, I sir. just want to say that I I truly appreciate uh, the relationship that we shared over the years. You were always respectful. You were always fair. Uh, you know, I I'm I'm have to say that I guess you and my man Angelo Cataldi were two of my favorites. Even though Angelo says I tried to beat him up, man, I never tried to beat Angelo up, man. But go <laughs> go right ahead, Henry. Man, I, man, I'm waiting to hear about what's going on there in Philadelphia. But if you got a comment about what Herman and I were talking about, the way Carl Peterson uh, was dangling that contract over my head, man, please comment. Okay, all right. When I went to bed last night, uh, Steven Strasburg, a an outstanding pitcher for the uh, San Diego State University was turning down a $10 million signing bonus. Wow. <laughs> turning down. Well, I think I think before it was over with, now you went to bed a little earlier than I did because I'm out here on the West Coast, and three hours later, probably then you went to bed, I think he accepted that $10 million. I think they got that deal done, didn't they? Because they had to get it done, right? Well, uh, I've, you know, I, uh, I have another business which you are very much aware of, so I've been involved with that today. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I think they I think they got it done, and there was but some. Would you have turned down ten million dollars when Carl Peterson uh, offered it to you? Well, first of all, ten million dollars would have paid uh, a couple team salaries in nineteen eighty one. The entire team, so <laughs> <laughs> so there's no way I would have turned that down. Most definitely not. No. But uh, no, I mean, you know today was, today uh, would. Yeah, I've heard players talk about um, this, and then we'll get to Michael Vick in a second. Mickey Mantle went into uh, Weiss, the general manager of the Yankees, and said, "I want a hundred thousand dollars." And Weiss said to him, uh, "I'm going to pay you eighty. And he said, "Why?" He said, "Because you struck out twice in a game in Cleveland, and we could have clinched <laughs> in Cleveland." Hey, well, you know that's performance. You know they want to pay you the way you perform. But isn't that something? How the dollars have just changed 
so much. And and listen, thousand dollars. Yeah, isn't that what, something? What, what what player today would sign for a signing bonus of a hundred thousand dollars? Well, it is. It's not going to happen today. Not not a big name like a Mickey Mantle. Certainly, it's not going to happen. And and but it's all relative. It just shows you how those guys who played the game before I did, yeah, and before you were covering, you know what they really did for the sport. And 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 they did that. They gave their all. They played their hardest. They enjoyed it. They had fun. Uh, but they didn't all have issues, and if they did have issues that were newsworthy, we didn't have the kind of news outlets that we have today, Henry, where they know everything about everything you've ever done since you were born. And and so that's why you got the scrutiny of people like Michael Vick. That's why you got the scrutiny of people like Brett Favre, wherever he is, if he's out throwing the ball with high school you know, receivers, uh, the media is right there to cover it. So with that being said, and you having the, the option and actually, access to the technology to do those things as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, Michael Vick there in, right. in, in Philadelphia. I mean, you've been covering sports for so long. Uh, have you I'm ever seen anything like it? fourth season of covering the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. All right, let's get to Michael Vick. When that, first of all, in, in, the, in my career, I don't think a um, sports news story, when it broke, hit this town with the with the power that that one did. They broke it just before halftime of the preseason game uh, with New England last week and broke it on television. Uh, first of all, the Philadelphia Eagles and listening to the press conferences on the meetings that they had with Michael Vick, with Commissioner Goodell, with uh, Tony Dungy and the people from the Humane Society, they did an incredible job of keeping this away from every media outlet. I mean, how they hid this, nobody, they won't tell, and I'm sure nobody will ever know. So no sources, there was nobody could say, my source said to me, this is going to happen, or this is not going to happen. No leaks at all? No leaks, nowhere. No, I mean, uh, when it happened, I, I thought it was a joke. I, honest to God, <laughs> thought it was a joke. Wow. I said, here, you know, here's, here's some TV guys playing around with something. And then they kept talking about it, and I said, they're serious. He is going to sign with the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, listening to the press conferences with all of the uh, powers that be on Friday, uh, Michael Vick, Commissioner Goodell, I mean, um, uh, Andy Reid and Tony Dungy, um, it changed my whole perspective. When I, was I angry, as many people are, when I heard it's happening, that he was getting back into the National Football League? Absolutely. I am a pet lover. What he did was absolutely awful. But as the press conferences unfolded, um, he seems like somebody that is really, really, really ashamed and angry at himself for what he did. Secondly, talking about when they look at what team would be the best for him to play on, the Philadelphia Eagles are probably the best team. A, his best friend is Donovan McNabb. And Donovan McNabb, in his press conference with us yesterday, talked about how he has taken him under his arm and he is going to monitor most of the things that he does. Two, Coach Andy Reid's sons, two of his sons, had some indiscretions last year with um, illegal substances. And um, so Andy's had, Andy and his wife have attended counseling services, you know, how to deal with young people with this. Um, obviously, the two sons are attending uh, counseling services. Um, so this is the good, the best place for him to play. Now that's the one side of the coin. Hey, but okay. Henry, let me ask you something now. I, and I, I can certainly appreciate where the the sympathy and empathy, you know, might be there. You know, because of the fact that you know. Andy Reid has been through something similar that he's had a child. And so he he feels for the parent, uh, the parents of, of, of Michael. But certainly this had to be a football move, first and foremost, than anything well, get else. To the football. I'm going to get to the football side. OK. <laughs> OK. Now, it comes down to not something that's happened within the last, what is it? Eight days, seven days, six days. <laughs> I've been running around so much, I don't even remember how many days it is. But the Philadelphia Eagles went to the Super Bowl in 2004 
because a wide rec- a, a defense a running back slipped out of bounds on with seconds counting down where Michael Vick threw a football 70 yards in the air and unfortunately the receiver slid and touched the line so it was not a you know a legal pass right Okay. Hey, Henry, we yeah. got music, so I'm going to have to interrupt you, but you're going to finish that about that 70-yard pass. That was an incompletion. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to come back with Henry Clay, who's been covering the Philadelphia Eagles for 34 years. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Network. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Joe Cribs, No Average Joe is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference most valuable player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm back. Got my good friend Henry Clay, who has been covering the Philadelphia Eagles for 34 years. And, and I've always been told when wisdom is in the room, Shut up and listen. <laughs> so, Henry, I'm going to let you continue to uh, paint this right, picture. We're gonna, we're gonna take over, I'll take over the football side. T- take right? over and talk about this picture of Andy Reid, Donovan McNabb, and Michael Vick in a stadium fans, stadium full of fans, Philadelphia Eagle fans, going through this season and into the playoffs. Because I believe it's either Super Bowl or bust. But you tell me how this he, is going to work out. Not only Michael Vick. The Philadelphia Eagles, for, for and I'm not going to go there, for whatever reason, they did the best job of players to pick in the draft. All right, I'm going to give you a play, uh, which you all, you were down there. I was sitting up in a nice warm press box. It's late December, NFC Championship game, and the Eagles pull out a Wildcat play. They're down 27-24. Donovan takes is in the shotgun, takes the takes the ball, looks to uh, rattles it to uh, Michael Vick, and he throws it to one of the two great wide receivers, Jeremy Macklin. And folks in the National Football League are going to hear from this kid for a long time. 
he is special. On the right side, you have a, a wideout named Deshaun Jackson, second year, and he's going to be special. So um, Michael Vick says, hey, my guy's covered laterals at Backner Donovan, and he heaves it 70 yards. We go to the Super Bowl. Very simple. Wow. I mean, you've seen these two kids. I mean, they are absolutely poetry in motion. Now, the other thing is, we talk about the defense. There's a kid that they drafted who's nobody's ever heard of. His name is Macho Harris. Macho Harris. Okay, out of the out of Virginia Tech. This kid makes plays. He can. He is. It, it, he is what his name is. Macho. Mm. He will play defensive tackle, defensive end, safety. Right now, he's listed on the depth chart as a safety. But uh, Andy said this kid is nuts. <laughs> when he on draft day, he said this kid will play anywhere as long as he can get to the football. He'll be there. Well, he's gonna, he, he, so he's going to be our Brian Dawkins because Brian was nuts. I mean, Brian played football like he he had no care for his body whatsoever. Correct. It was it was a weapon, and when at war, use all your weapons, and he used every inch of his body that he had. And so now our new Brian Daw- Dawkins, of course, is going to be Macho Harris. Yes. Also, in the offense, this young man that's caught my eye and a lot of people's eyes and comes from somewhere that you've heard of. University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. His name is Elder Bunkley. Okay. He's a running back. Mm-hmm. You know who else came out of the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga? Wow, you got me there. That would be that Terrell Owens. Oh, oh yeah, T.O. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. So they're producing some ball players. over people. Mm. Mm. I mean, get out of my way, guy. I want to run there. Mm-hmm. He just runs right over them. Also, Andy has changed his philosophy. We've always heard, even before you uh, did the uh, Go West Young Man bit, you heard everybody talking about, Andy, why won't you use a fullback? Mm-hmm. All right. They signed this kid uh, from um, Leonard Weaver from Seattle as a free agent. We've only seen him in one game, but that totally changed the, comp- uh, the complexity of this offense. This is a good football thing, my friend. Well, I, I, I've uh, always felt this way. I've always felt this way. I've always felt that and when it comes to personnel, you know, I, I believe Andy Reid is, is, is as good as anybody that's out there. I, I mean, there's been very few times that Andy's had to apologize, and I've said this before, for any picks that he's made. I would agree. He, he doesn't come up short on personnel. Now, we just ultimately haven't won. And, and I, my personal opinion is, you know, Michael Vick is his trump card to win a Super Bowl. I, I, I don't think this is a bad move. I, I embraced it from the very beginning. I've got to say that, Henry. And it could be because, again, you know, I'm, I'm coming from the player side. You know, unlike the coach's side and the administrative side where, you know, they always, always have people there to defend them and, and, and to walk them through the mistakes that they make i.e. a coach today who should be, you know, suspended for a few days for punching a player. I don't even think when Buddy punched a guy on the sideline, his assistant coach, that he got in trouble for it. But So I was there, you know, to support Michael Vick. I'm going to challenge you. You go home tonight and you go on NFLmedia.com. Mm-hmm. You find me a better team on paper than the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, don't you don't have to challenge me. I, I will say this, though. Let me say this. I'm going to wait and see. I'm a little, you know, that Eagles game against the Arizona Cardinals, I picked the Arizona Cardinals. I thought that when the Cardinals came, uh, when the Eagles came to, to Arizona, that the Cardinals would win that game. And and I, I thought agree. because of it was here in the Valley, it was indoor, it was, they hadn't traveled across country, and I thought, and, and they did. Now, I was expecting that Beanie Wells would be healthy for the Cardinals and Edrins James, you know, who, again, I thought he was getting up there in age. As a matter of fact, I thought he was someone of a senior citizen for a running back, but he played good in the playoffs because they, they used him sparingly. I thought, but this year, Beanie would be, a re, you know, a refreshing young stud that could run the ball, and maybe the Cardinals might get back. I haven't seen him run the ball now. He's he's hurt. He hasn't played. So I'm looking at the Philadelphia Eagles. Michael Vick, I mean, Puts them up there, not just Super Bowl 
challenger, but perhaps maybe predicted to win the Super Bowl. I, I think they have that many weapons. It's, it's all going to be as, you know, we've got to acknowledge the fact that Jim Johnson is not there anymore. Can the defense hold up on that side of the ball? Well, he's got somebody that he's had under his arm for many years, and Sean McDermott. Yeah, but Sean didn't, in that preseason game, Sean didn't look like a protege of Jim Johnson. That defense didn't look like that. Well, uh, one, they've got so many, and he acknowledged that. He, he acknowledged that when he went with us on Sunday. Mm-hmm. He said that he has so many players that he wants to look at, and he wasn't looking. They went into this game without, they didn't care whether they wanted or lost it. They didn't care. They had so many young players, especially on defense, especially in the secondary. Remember, the, as you said, Brian Dawkins is not there anymore. And he was the anchor of that secondary. He had a lot of young people in here. Ellis Hobbs, who they got in on, on draft day is, uh, in a trade. Uh, the other young people. So he wanted to look at a lot of people. But you can remember one thing. In that one game, if um, David Akers had to shank because it was a bad snap, the, uh, the field goal, they win the game. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but he said that he wanted to look as many of these young people. In fact, they just signed a guy this afternoon who I've never heard of and don't remember his name at this point. Right for the defensive secondary. Well, I, you're talking about secondary, but I'm going to go back because you know now it's coming back to me. You know about who who Macho Man is, and that's a young kid out of Virginia Tech. He used to fly around. I remember seeing him fly. That kid can play ball. So I mean, you can't you can't win a Super Bowl with a weak secondary. And no. uh, you know, I I think the Eagles. You know, the corners. You know, uh, he's we got my man over there. Brown is doing well, and he's uh, Samuel is you know doing well. But your safeties. You know, the Eagles have always had. And it has nothing to do with me in my days. But the Eagles have always had damn good safeties as well. So if if, if he's going to come up and step up in that secondary. He needs to find some play, and if he's looking for somebody now, maybe he doesn't feel he has back there what he needs. But I think Macho Man, I'm going to keep my eye on him, and I'm going to remember him, that he's you brought player. him back to my he's attention. Oh, he's a damn good player. Listen, I'm sorry, Henry. Man, time has run out. It's too short. I wish we had 34 years like you gave to the sport. I, I, I don't think I could take it that long. Well, that's okay, man. I'll, I'll continue to to, to share so we'll that back. wisdom we'll, we'll, that you we'll give to me. We'll I'll we'll take it, man. All righty. Well, thank you so much for calling. I've got a lot of friends with yourself and your company. Oh, that's uh, right. I will not be a stranger. Shout out to Tacey Trump. Hey, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. It's that time, so I got to do it. Hey, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Hey, good.